And every once in a while, I need, I need a word of affirmation or confirmation from Daddy. Um, because I don't want to just sit and speak opinionated thoughts. I want to speak what I believe is straight from Daddy to his people. Um, and we were listening to that song and singing that song. And I don't know if you recognize it. I sure did. It was almost like it was highlighted and it come off the page and said on the move. I said, gotcha. I'm good. So we're going to, uh, we're going to start on a series called On the Move. And uh, this may be teachy, maybe preachy, who knows where to go and who knows how long this is going to go, but I have, uh, I've been tied to this for a moment, so I feel like I've had a leash that was cut, so now I can run with it. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to start the series off with a message entitled, The Journey. The Journey. And uh, I don't know about you, sometimes life seems to be a journey that most of us often are discouraged by. Um, sometimes we're confused by it. But there's a majority of the people that become comfortable in it. Because they feel that what they experience now in life have you ever heard anybody tell you this? It's life. Be careful. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what you believe that you hear. Because I want to tell you this morning that it's not life. It's life. No, it's not. Some of you have experienced some ups and downs, some ins and outs, some battles, some tough times, some good times. We, we've been all over the spectrum when we deal and we speak about life. Have you ever heard this, that life is what you make it? I believe that. I believe it when I couple it with this. Life is what I make it through him. Because I can do all things. <laughs> so if you're having a bad day, Debbie will tell you, I'm quick. Not today. Not today, Satan. Not today. Not today. I think too many times we get hung up in stuff and we just, it's life. A lot of us can just live in life. We become comfortable. Complacent, relaxed, chill. You ever been there? Or is this just me? 
I don't know if you, I want to make sure that I'm talking to the right people that you've been, you've been caught up in this before and that you understand where I'm coming from because I want, I'm going to speak to your spirit and I, I want to teach you some things this morning that hopefully will change different aspects of your life. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Exodus chapter 14. I'm just going to give you a couple verses. I'm sure there'll be many sprinkled out throughout this, but... Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. See, that spoke to me as a pastor. Because I find myself crying to God. What can I do? This circumstance, this situation, this person. What can I, what can I do? God, we, we've come to what we are considering now a wall. You have to remember in this context, these are the children of Israel now that have been led out of bondage. After 430 years in this place called Egypt, 400 years of it was bondage, 30 years of it was their own doing. They're led out. They have seen God do miraculous in that time and in that season. They've watched the plagues. They've seen this guy, Moses, that stutters, that's having a rough time, that has now become a leader of millions overnight. (laughs) God, please know. They're going through a desert. They're seeing this pillar of fire that would... Keep them warm and sheltered. Keep them hidden and give them light. They've seen this cloud that gives them shade during the day that that leads them through the desert that keeps separation between what is after them and any of you ever, I've, I've... God, please keep a cloud behind me because I need you to make sure the enemy don't see every move I make. And they've come to the banks of this river, this sea, and they're going, what are you doing, Moses? You've brought us from out of there so that we can die here. Remember that? Remember they they said, what, is it because of what, no graves back there? You brought us out here so they could bury us in the sand? Is that what you done? And they're standing there, and Moses goes and cries out to God, God, what am I supposed to do? He said, why are you crying to me? Tell the people. 
to move forward. I said, okay. <laughs> Tell the people to move forward. Why are you crying? Too many times in life, we want to cry to God for something. We're wanting God to throw the miraculous at our feet without any effort, without any commitment, without any understanding on our part. God, you do it. I'll be over here waiting on you. Let me know when you're ready. I'll be like Gideon. I'll be up in the wine press threshing wheat. Now, if that don't seem stupid to you, huh? See, there's a lot of times in life you'll do the same thing. You'll use the right thing for the wrong reason. It's going to get good today, I think. Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. You knew it. When I, anytime I talk about voyage, anytime I talk about destinies and moving, and, and we go into Joshua. Man, I, I love Joshua because he's, he's an in-your-face type of leader. He, he, doesn't take, he, he doesn't take failure. You have to be careful, people, that don't accept loss. Because when you interact with them again or you come around again and see and, boy, this thing's vicious because I, I lost the last time. I ain't losing this time. Loss is not my name. You have to be careful. And that's who, that's who Joshua is. Joshua is a, he's a go-getter. He's not falling to anybody's sword. I mean, this dude, come on. Let's talk Bible a little bit. Do you remember when he run out to the angel and said, whose side you on? Do you remember that? Are, are you for them or are you for us? Because he said, here's the deal, dude. I done already seen you. This thing's going on right here. I need to know who you are. And he said, I'm neither. I love that part. <laughs> the host of the army of the Lord. I <laughs> See, God, oh. God's for you, but he doesn't have to be. Joshua 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Man, I love the bombs. What used to be isn't. Where you once were is not where you are. What you used to do ain't going to be what we're going to do now. Amen. Where you used to sit ain't going to be where you're sitting tomorrow. Amen. How you used to walk ain't going to be how you walk tomorrow. What was isn't. Now therefore... Go over this Jordan. 
I hated that word when I found it. And it said, this Jordan. And it jumped off the page one day, and I'm implying there's another one. And I went, well, what? There ain't another Jordan. There's only one. This Jordan. Every time you're reading God's word, you have to look at it on a kingdom perspective because God is always after you spiritually. He is wanting you to catch a hold to this thing in your mind and in your spirit. And he's more concerned with your spirit than he is with your flesh. He care less if you get a new house. But if you provide him with a new house, you, never mind. So he, he's always, man, he wants your spirit. And if he can get that. So he says, cross over this Jordan. Remember, we're talking about a series on the move. We're going to talk about the journey. Cross over this Jordan. It implies there's another one. It may not be right across the stream. It may not be next week. It may not be next month. It may not be next year. There's another Jordan you're going to have to cross. He said, you and all this, all this people, <laughs> this people, man, God, it's one thing for you to tell me to go do something, but you're going to tell me I got to take the naysayers, God, I got to take the doubters. God, I've got to walk with the unbelievers. God, these, this people, the ones that murmur and complain, the ones that challenge you, I've got, to, God, it's what I get, me and Aaron can go. I'll take the one that believes with me. Charlie, as long as you believe with me, you can go. Now, if you're a doubter, you can't go. God said, you and this people, the ones that do believe, the ones that don't believe, the ones that have, the ones that are without, the ones that are intelligent, the ones that are out of their mind, the one. <laughs> The ones that rejoice, the ones that whine. This people. I got to take all of these? Don't you wish sometime the journey was about you? Wouldn't life be easier? If the journey, if the journey was meant just for, man, this is good teaching. I ain't even got into a note yet. 
if the journey was all about me, dude, I'd have this thing licked. You wouldn't have to worry about me laying on my face crying for you because it wouldn't matter. Because hmm? I'd, I'd pull out some scripture. <laughs> I'd throw some false doctrine out there and I'd pull out scripture like uh, he perfects those things that concern me. God, I want a new car, so you're going to make it happen. Come on, right? Come on. Right? You with me? To the land which I am giving, giving, I'm not an English scholar by no stretch of the imagination, can't even speak English. To the land which I am giving to them. To the land. If you if you mark in your Bible and stuff, you might want to you might want to because I, I want you to start looking at the word of God as a logos. Okay? If we begin looking at this word and we begin seeing this thing. And these words are there. They're not there just to fill a sentence. They're there for purpose. God's a purposeful God. He says, so I want you to go to the land, go and possess. I want you to go into, I want you to take over the land. Do I jump now or do I wait? I want you... Yeah, we'll just go. To the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Who are the children of Israel? Man, this is going to be kind of like a Wednesday night. Who's the children of Israel? Thank you for paying attention to Bible class. We'll buy you a bur- I shook your hand. <laughs> I have to keep that one in my pocket. The children of Israel, it's you. The, re, the redeemed ones, the righteous ones. We all know how we become righteous, not by your own works, but by Jesus. He made you righteous. You are the children of Israel. Now, he is saying, I want you to go and take this land. I want you to go into this land What is this land? If we're going to talk about this in a spiritual form, land would then become what? My dominion? My spirituality? My salvation? My anointing? I want you to step into this land. I want you to go and possess this land. What land? Everything that I can get. Everything that's here... Anything that I can touch directly or indirectly is my world. That means I have dominion. See, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you hard this morning. It's your world. You have dominion. You get to speak what can and cannot stay. He said have dominion. Rule over. Authority over. So much so that he called Adam 
And he said, I'm going to bring all the animals before you. You name them. Whatever you name them, they are. That's one bad dude. Platypus. I still want to talk to him about that one. How you come up with that name for that thing? Look at the dominion that he gave Adam at creation. The same thing that he gave Adam in the garden is the identical thing that he wants us to possess. Why do you think he sent Jesus? He sent Jesus to give back to us what was stolen from us. So he wants me to have dominion over this land. Anything I touch. If it, trust me, I'm not going to let, I ain't letting you two come up in my house and tell me how to live. With me? Love you. Ain't happening. Right? The same thing with you. You're not going to let me come in and fill out your grocery list and tell you what you have to buy and what you can't buy. What you have to eat and what you can't eat. We're going to have a big problem. I want you to go into this land which I'm giving to them. Okay. Me and JT were talking earlier about I don't want to lose you so y'all going to have to keep man this, this series I might do four servants off of that. You, you have to understand that when, when the children of Israel was born, they were born through who? Abraham and Sarah. Okay? He, that, was, that was the promise. That was the covenant, remember? So through Abraham and Sarah, here come the Israelites. God speaks to Abraham in Genesis and he says now listen your seed is going to take off to a foreign land they're going to be sojourners there and the land don't belong to them God was specific in saying that and he also stated if you read a little further he said and they will become they will serve them so they're going to go to somebody else's land. They're going to serve them. And in their serving, <laughs> they're going to be made captive. The ones that they are serving, boy, there's a leadership principle. There's a, that's a leadership principle. Leaders. You have to be careful of the ones that you're appointed over. They're serving you because of the call. Don't give you a right. It don't give you a right to put your thumb in the neck. He said, your seed is going to serve. That was just a nugget. He said, your seed is going to serve them. And as they're serving them, those people will then overcome them basically 
they will be in captivity, captivity for 400 years. At which time they will come out and they will come out prosperous. They will come out plentiful. They will come out bigger. They will come out stronger. They Okay, you with me? Now listen. This seed of Abraham went on a sojourney. They went to a land that wasn't meant for them. They were never told they were going to stay there. They were never told to occupy. They said that they were going to go. They go. Now for 30 years, let's talk about what can happen in 30 years. If you are conditioned to something for 30 years, do you think that maybe, just maybe, you would become comfortable or acceptant to? If you had to do a thing a certain way for 30 years, do you think that you would get to the point that you wouldn't see good or bad, you would consider it life? God's a cyclical God. The Bible says that he's multidimensional. So he works like this. Okay? And if he's working like that, that tells me in my life there's going to be a point in time that I'm going to come back around. Israelites in the desert. We hear the sermon, preaches real good, that they go around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain. They just don't ever learn. They keep going around and around and around. How many of you feel like that in your life? Maybe you've gone around and around. Man, I've got something for you. It's going to make you poof. Tommy, I'm going to give you my emoji with the, with the smoke head, and I'm going to let you put it up there. The one I send out on text messages, the bald-headed preacher with the smoke head. It but anyway, round and around the mountain, man, if we, if we view as we always do and as we often do, if we view the Israelites when they're going around the mountain, we view them as going around and around and around and around, right? Okay. How many of you believe that God, when God comes into your life, when, no, from the beginning, when God created you, before you were in your mother's womb, that there was a purpose for you, there was plans for you, Go to Jeremiah, he'll tell you about them. But there's plans for you. Well, the problem with the plans that God has for us and what we are willing to accept are two different things. So in the midst of our journey, 
God is constantly causing us what seems to us as we're going around and around and around. We're not, nothing's happening. Here's a problem. If you feel that nothing's happening, probably ain't. But as we're going around that, I'm looking at the Israelites. I'm watching these Israelites go in the desert, and they're coming around this mountain. Well, how many of you know that God had to kill off generations before they could enter into the promised land? Okay? Well, man, we got excited about that. And I used to go, man, you know, them old people, boy, if they had just known what that new generation knew, they could have gotten the promise to hold it. Listen, check this out. Do you not think that the younger generation wasn't exposed to the older generation? Do you not think that the younger generation didn't have to grow up in and through the older generation? being hung up in some traditions, some thought processes, some theology, some teachings, some denomination. You know. And as they were coming through that, they were growing. We, did, we didn't see that. But they were growing. Remember when I talk about going around? I wish I could paint this picture for you. It's like a coil spring. You with me? You with me? You gonna work on you with me? Coil spring. You better make sure you know what a coil spring. Cause, uh, just saying, okay. I ain't trying to roll you, but a coil spring. If you look at the coil spring from the top, you see a circle. It's just a circle. What if you set the coil spring on a workbench, and you stand back and look at it? What do you see then? You see a cylinder that's going upward. Right? So in our round the mountains, if we could stop looking at it from inside and we could step outside of our life for a moment and look we would see that as we came around, we also elevated. So we can't, we're grow. uh-oh, we're growing. We're still growing. Oh, I had to make another circle, but I, I'm growing. If we could understand that what the Israelites were facing at this moment, instead of bashing them, and beating them down, and we learned from what was happening, they were growing in the process. The ones that died off were the ones responsible for leading and teaching. Sometimes, sweetheart, you're not going to be the one to get it done, but you're going to be the one to lead someone to do it. It doesn't make you the bad person. It doesn't make you incapable. It doesn't make you, what's the word I'm looking for? Insufficient. It just makes it that your call wasn't the one to step over the Jordan. It was your call to prepare the one. 
to step over the Jordan. Do y'all remember how much time that Joshua spent with Moses? Joshua grew. Every time they would go around, Joshua was there. Every time they would go around, here's Joshua. And the Bible used to say that Joshua, even after Moses would take off and go home, Joshua would hang out in the corner in the tent of meeting. Hope you're on that camera, boy. <laughs> and he would hang out. He would hang Man, just to learn some more. Just, God, will you speak to me? Man, I can just hear Joshua's conversation. Hey, God. Huh? I mean, it wasn't his place. It was Moses' place. In fact, God said, I spoke to Moses face to face. Spoke to the prophets through dreams and this, that. Yeah, I spoke to Moses face to face. Now, I can imagine how Joshua would have felt back in the corner, knowing that that ain't my call. But um, you know what? Hey, hey, God, I I heard what you said to Moses. Is that for me too? Come on, come on, church. <laughs> just like the oil that flows from Aaron's beard or from his head to his beard to his cloak. Oh, listen. Man, there is, there's, there is overdue overflow blessing for you. You just think, well, that's a pastor. They're going to get that. Are you, that's the, and Listen to me, man. We, we've got to become more like Joshua sometimes and, and, just, and just peer out. <laughs> hey, God, is that you still there? Right? But Joshua was growing through this time, and so were the Israelites. They were growing through the journey, but because they had in their minds, this is where it gets... I wrote this down because this, this kind of hit me the other day. It's, it's, it's what I call, uh, uh, I'm scared to start flipping. It, it, it's what I call disease of destination. What's that, Pastor? The disease of destination. It's good for a leader to put milestones for people so that it gives them a goal to achieve and to accomplish. What happens is, what we hear now more so than everything is about our destiny. Okay? And I'll, I'll clear up some things about your destiny. Your destiny is not here. God, why are you doing this to me? He, Joshua told the people, he said, look, I know that Moses has already given you this land over here, but here's the deal. Until everybody else conquers their land, you can't rest. You have to fight with your brothers. Do you remember that? And they had to leave the land that was given to them in order to go out and help others get the land that was giving 
to them. This is why it's important for teachers, for pastors, preachers, and whatever else you want to call them. That's why it's important for us never just to give you a destination. Because if I give you a destination, it's contagious, and you'll contract disease of destination, just like the Israelites The Israelites sojourned. They wandered into a land. They said, hey, it's pretty cool. Man, thanks for letting us stay. Why don't I? Oh, it would be like you coming to my house, okay? Being I ain't no different, Hannah. Let me pick on you this morning. You come to my house and you start cooking and you start cleaning and doing laundry all the time. And I go, man, this is all right. And you stay there 30 years. Huh? You stay there 30 years. Well, I get a bright idea. So I sit and talk to my wife. I go, you know, Hannah's here. She's used to it. She's been here for 30 years now. You know what? Why don't we just, you keep cleaning. We walk in one day and we find them sitting down watching television, eating bonbons. And we go, hey, why ain't the bathroom cleaned? Okay, we, she didn't catch it. She went, oh. And she got up and she went and done it. The next day we come in and here she is. She's out on the front porch petting dogs. And we go, hey, why aren't the dishes done? Oh, in the kitchen. She didn't catch it. And over those 30 years, it went from you serving me out of compassion and love for our family to now it's bondage because now we are expecting you to do you've done it for so long so we demand that you do it well in our demand you've done it for 30 years you're used to it now This must be my destination. This is what God's called me to. She contracted a disease of destination to where now she's comfortable. It's life. It's not slavery. It's not bondage. It's not anybody being overbearing. This is this is life. I know you're smarter than that. <laughs> but that's what we see with the Israelites. They have done something right <laughs> for so long. It became wrong, and they were okay with it. Complacent. So comfortable, they hung out for 400 more years. 
I wonder how many of you have reached a point in your life where you sit and you go, hmm. guess this is it. This is supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. What happens to grass when you sow grass and you water it for a few days and it comes up and then you stop watering it? On the move, baby. Moving. God's got a destiny. And he wants you to be a part of it. But you have to be careful in knowing that your destiny is not a destination here on this earth. Because as soon as you think you have got to that place, <laughs> some of the Christian boy, as soon as you have arrived, <laughs> come on. All right, let me get in your living room. Because you've all done it. I've done it. You get to a certain place in your Christianity. Oh, I know God loves me. Ah, man, God's not going to let nothing bad happen to me. I'm saved, man. I've been, I've been saved for 40 years. Not me. I'm only 30. I've been saved for 40 years. I'm good. You've chosen to allow your salvation to become your destination. How many of you know that's just the beginning? Because the Bible says in all that you do, gain understanding. Get understanding. And we, it tells us to go on that, that we, should, we should desire, that we should desire the milk of the Spirit. That we would be nourished and grow. Do you still desire that? Come on, be, be honest with yourself. Don't, don't go like this or go like that. Just be like this. That way nobody can, because they're going to judge you. You've already been judged. You, you went like this. People look and say, she ain't desiring God. Take it for what it's worth. Do you still desire that? I mean, is your, is your eagerness and your zeal for the Lord at a higher level now than what it was when you first met him? Challenging, ain't it? That's his desire. His desire is that you grow in him, that other things can't be your distraction. Because one moment, oh, 
Well, let me tell you, you go look down one day and look up and it's over. You're going you're gonna to look down one day, you're going to look up, kids are gone. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> Remember we was talking about round the mountain, they coming. But anyway, <laughs> but we love them. God knows we love them. But God's desire for us is that we grow in him. So when we're talking about this journey, we need to be looking at the journey more so than we are a destination. When your destination becomes your focal point, you lose what you need to grow in the journey. Well, I'd almost get on the levels of heaven right now, but I better shut up because I... Make some people run out of here. I mean, I would hate to think. I would hate to think that when we are judged by our. Don't y'all like hearing that word either. When we're, when we're judged by our works and we're rewarded accordingly. I wonder if we're going to be the one talent, the three talent. <laughs> Are we going to be the one that looks at the farmer and says, I doubled it. Are we going to be the one saying, man, I just, I mean, I thought once I got saved, that, I mean, you know, I, I did make it to heaven. Yeah, you did. But uh, what'd you do? <laughs> There's some stuff in here I read that just flat makes me nervous. I'm just telling you. And if you don't get into this Bible and you read this Bible and it don't make you change your life because it makes you nervous, something's wrong with you, brother. Amen. You got a God complex. And you better get rid of it because self-righteousness is going to send you to hell. There, there, there's things that we're supposed to be doing in our Christian life. Well, pastor, what is that? <laughs> to fulfill his destiny in and through us. So I don't want to be the church that says, hey, man, we've got, we got enough people, man, we're handling bills, everything paid, got a little change in our pocket, everything good, and that's where we stop. On the move, baby. Step over this Jordan. <laughs> it is bad for you to be hung up in a destination for so long that wrong becomes right. Miss Pat, this ain't all. This ain't it. God's got so much. 
Tommy, take me back to the scripture. Uh, take me back to Joshua. Y'all okay? We got through page one. <laughs> that was the couple scriptures. Okay. We talked about this land, and we talked about going over this Jordan. I want to talk to you about that word giving. Let me talk to you about that real quick. Keep your place. Keep your place. I got it somewhere. Just hang on a minute. There it is. The word giving. This is what it means in the Greek lexicon. The word giving means to continue in an activity or state. To continue. To keep on. Okay? You with me? So giving is a present tense. It's a continuing Give. Man, I love you so much. God, I love you so much. So I want you to cross over. I want you to arise and go over this Jordan. You and all this people. I'll tell you what, Tommy. Take me to, uh, take me to verse 11. If you can pull that up. Take me to verse 11. Because I, I want to I show you something. See, we, this is what happens when we become complacent in our destination. Like the Israelites in bondage. They became comfortable. They became okay with it. What, did they, what happened? What happened when they began to get comfortable? They, they let their guard down. Okay? They no, they no longer fought. They, they took their armor off, per se. They were caught off guard because they became comfortable. <laughs> they became comfortable in their destination. They, got, they contracted the disease of destination. And they took off their breastplate. They took off their helmet. Laid their sword down. Took off their shoes. Keep yours on. They got comfortable. And the enemy snuck in. And when the enemy snuck in, this is what took place. The enemy wasn't after their things. Never has been. He don't care about your money. Dude, he can't spend money where he at. He don't care. Matter of fact, <laughs> he burned it up like some of us. <laughs> he took away their worship. He stole their worship. They weren't practicing Passover anymore. They weren't practicing the feast anymore. Read it. 
They put God away. They said, well, I guess this is life. Like many of us do in our Christianity. I guess this is being saved. I don't cuss and drink. Don't smoke no cigarette no more. Because we think that it's in our doing that we're saved. So in other words, this is what this is implying. If you read this, it says, prepare your provisions. This is my call scripture. This is my call scripture. This is the scripture that brought me out of a tree stand in the middle of November crying like a baby. Prepare your provisions for yourself. For within three days, you're going to cross over. (laughs) God, I wish I'd have known that word then. Because you're going to cross over this Jordan. Today, this season, this year, you're going to cross over this Jordan. But there's another season. Why? Because we're going to go up. For within three days you'll cross over this Jordan to go, to go in, to possess. Okay, what does possess mean to you? Take it, occupy, fight for it, kick you in the teeth to get it, possess it. So Joshua, you're going to step over this Jordan. See, this Jordan isn't your... Oh, my God. God, don't do this now. This this Jordan that you're stepping over isn't your big problem. (laughs) This is just a minor... This is just some... This is an obstacle right now that you have to get over so that you can go in and fight. Who in the right mind wants to do that? I didn't. Cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is what? Again, he is giving, presently giving, a constant, a continuous to keep on. So if he is constantly keeping on and he's giving, 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 what do you have to do? Possess, possess, possess. You can't get into a destination and sit back on your loins. God said, I'm going to give it to you. Go get it. He said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. See that I've not given them into your hand. Can't be a pansy one. Listen, sweetheart, you can't be a pansy Christian. Listen to me. It will not work. Because once you decide, I ain't singling you out. I'm just preaching to you. Once you decide to make a move, guess what? You have to decide to make another move. Why? Because God's given you something else. Enlarge my territory. (laughs) 
But when he does, you go, let's fight. See, too many of us, man, JT, we sat back, man. <laughs> Look, you probably ain't working for ups. <laughs> I like calling them oops. <laughs> but you might, you might not be working for them to do what you're doing. You might be working for them to run it. Listen, you got to want to possess the things that God gives you. When he tells you to go into this land, step over this Jordan. What's your Jordan? There might be a Jordan at your work. You got to step. I ain't telling you to do nothing wrong to people. But there's going to be conflict in your life. There's going to be obstacles that come up in your family, in your homes, in your finances, in your mind. That you're going to have to cross over and possess the land. Because God is continually giving and giving and giving. And that's why you can't outgive God. Because he's continuously giving and giving and giving. Well, pastor, he ain't giving to me because you ain't possessing Maybe you're not possessing. I used to sit back and go, God, I wish I had the anointing that pastor had. I did. I'm, I pr- I'm, that was in my prayer life. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, let me take this from you. Let me take that from you. Let me take this person out of the way. Let me take that person out of the way. You still want that? See, we want everything handed. And we don't have the fortitude to commit to what it takes to possess what's been. They contracted a disease. <laughs> I'm excited about this, man. I'm getting, I think I can preach till two. <laughs> I think I can get there. Just hang. All right, I'm going to close. I'll close. I want you to get something out of this. I told you I was going to teach. Every once in a while, I get excited. Because, listen, man, this isn't just... (laughs) God help me. This isn't just some words, man, that I put on paper so I've got something to say to you. This is revelation that I get when, when I sit by myself and I wonder. This is stuff that I get in my prayer time. When I go to God and go, God, if it's me, move me. Because guess what? A glory that I might seek ain't worth taming. It ain't worth the fly in the oil. Move me. Put the lid on it. Don't let me get in it. 
That's why there's times he'll tell me straight up, but I'm moving too hard for you. Get on the stage. Don't you touch nobody. What they need, you can't touch. I don't even know why you're getting ready to put hands on them. Leave them alone. And then you go to your office and go, God, all the work that I put in. <laughs> you don't know flesh will glory in his presence. On the move. Don't get comfortable. Don't, boy, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. Don't get comfortable. You might be there to take his job. Oops. See, we have to be. What is God trying to give you that you're not willing to possess? Listen, get, get the materialistic stuff out of your head, okay? Because that's where we automatically go to because our mind is distorted. That's why we're to renew it every day. Because if we don't, man, we wake up and we see JT and it's the same guy we've been with for. And then sometimes we get discouraged. <laughs> so renew your mind every day, sweetheart. When he is gone, you renew your mind. I'm just picking. God's wanting to increase you. Listen, if, if you are saved, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, without a doubt, without a doubt, and your desire is to be Christ-like, because that's what we should be in tune with. The Bible says to have, to let this mind be in you. This mind of Christ. And if you are after seeking, or you're seeking after God, and, and you really desire to be closer to Him, you can't tell me that you can come into this house and sit in this seat and be comfortable. I'm not going to allow you. I'm not going to allow you to contract the disease of destination. See, my job as being part of the fivefold that is a gift from God, do y'all remember? Y'all remember who they are, right? The apostles, pastors, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. My job is to stir the gift up in you. It's to teach you to go and do the works of the gospel. That's my job. So if I catch you sitting too long, I may have a conversation with you. Because I want to know, do you either know Jesus or are you even listening? There should be something provoking your spirit. You can't be in a group of like-minded people that are hungry after God and sit on your quarters. Retry. I don't know how you're able to do that. I'm not going to say you can't. I'm just going to say I don't know how you can do it. 
How can you not want more from God? How are you comfortable where you are? Debbie, they threw bones on a dead man. Or they threw a dead man on bones. Y'all know what I was talking about. Y'all caught up. And the man come back to life. Baby, when they drop me in the ground, the ones that touch me, man, I want them to be so convicted. They fall out in the Holy Spirit, man, just speaking in tongues, and their life has changed. That's what I, I, I don't care if that's not what you want. It's what I want. If dead bones can raise a man, We got time, it ain't two. <laughs> if Elijah would have stopped, it had never rained. What if he become complacent in his destination? Go over and see if it's raining. Elijah, it's not raining. Okay. Go over and see if it's raining. Seven times? Man, we won't come to church seven Sundays in a row. Well, we won't. There's no commitment anymore to God. Not to the church. Not to a man. There's no commitment to God anymore. We want to know why those guys was able to part Red Seas. Stay waters in a flood in Jordan. Raise dead kids from the grave. Speak life into dead wounds. You want to know why all of that was possible and we not seeing any of that? You want to know why? We don't have the commitment. The Bible tells us, man, he's not going to give us big things unless we're faithful in the little. Am I right? So if we can't come to church seven Sundays in a row or three Wednesdays out of a month, then what's wrong? There's no commitment. And then what we do, what happens? Uh-oh, hiccup in the job, hiccup in the marriage, hiccup in the health, hiccup in the kids, hiccup, 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 hiccup. We go to church, we reach in our pocket, and we go, here, let me give a couple dollars. Lord, you bless that. Amen, man. I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. And we go home and nothing happened. We still got the hiccups. That cup of water that we drank at the church wasn't enough to get rid of them. And now we're starting to hurt on the inside because we've hiccuped so much and now we begin to blame God because God didn't do what God said he was going to do but we forgot that he's a covenant keeping God and he said that if you, I will and we won't but we want him to show up we want him in our life man
God, if it's me hindering you to move, move me. You got to want God to pray something like that because trust and believe. If you mean it, that dude, he'll mess you up. Two o'clock in the morning praying at a big full moon. Mm -hmm. God, if there's any way that my job and my money can interfere with me and your relationship, you take it from me. You're unemployed. What? No rhyme, no reason. I ain't missed days of work. I didn't lay out sick. Didn't steal from company. Didn't lie to the owner. Made him money. And he cried when he fired me. You, get, you better watch God do something. If God, God knew. God was, it was like Hannah. It was like the Hannah prayer. I said, I know you ain't going to be able to give me what I need if you're still there. I put the desire in your heart. You're already doing it. I didn't know. I thought I was just talking to folk. So in order for me to get you to fulfill destiny for me through you, I got to move some stuff out the way. That's why God will lessen your circle. See, I used to preach that when live on that. I say the closer you get into God, the less the people. Well, see, here's, here's the problem with that theology. <laughs> is well, if, if God lessens your circle, you begin to think that you're that close to God. And what is taking, it's the, it's the journey. It's not the destination. So what happened? I move closer to God, circle gets smaller. Okay? Why? Because he's got to make room for my circle to get bigger. Because he's taking me. He's taking me. Y'all can't handle that. Because you, you got to, man, you've got to think that in your life. If you think this is where you are, that's where you'll always be. And I'm not trying to put you on some, some blab-it-grab-it theology, okay? I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you, I promise you. I promise you that God will never fail you. And you will have everything you're willing to possess as long as he's given How long will he give, Pastor? <laughs> when will he ever stop? I want us to do this for the kingdom, not for a person. So guess what? We got to take this people. The ones that don't want to go, you got to take them with you. The ones that don't like you, you got to take them with you. The ones that doubt you, you got to take them with you. <laughs> Charlie, we got to take Lisa with us. <laughs> Man, I hope you get something out of this. I hope you get something out of the journey. 
you're growing, but you don't see it because you're looking at it from the inside. Take a break today. Step to the outside of your life. And look at that. See where you were. Man, I'd like to walk through y'all's life right now. I think a spring would be. Hmm? You once was here, wasn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like a circle. You didn't know. Take a break. Ooh, when I think of the goodness and the things that he's done for me. How dare you spit in the face of grace? You're where you're at because he loves you. Love him back. Try to out try to outgive him. Try. Just just try. How am I, I don't, whatever. Give him your time, give him, what, give, give him, just try him. He'll blow your mind. Father, this morning I thank you for everything you've done. God, I thank you for the stuff that you've done for us that we've not seen you do. If it wasn't for those little sneaky times of yours, some of us probably wouldn't even be here. But it was that time that you snuck in at 2 o'clock in the morning and pulled a car off a sidewalk from a drunk driver. God, it was that time that you stalled the motor and wouldn't allow it to start. And an hour later, we come upon an accident. And we could have been there. God, it's the things that we didn't see. It's the things that we don't know. God, that we could always be grateful for. God, I thank you for your love and your compassion. God, for your drive in us. God, for your, for your spirit that, that causes us internally to build our faith so that we can find opportunity for our faith to become active. And God, that... <laughs> Those times that we come across that activates our faith are the times we know we can't do it. And it's going to take you. So God, as we journey through this series on the move, teach us. Teach us that we, that we may that we may gain some understanding in, in the whys of what we go through and in the what's we need to do when we go through them. But to also understand that God, no matter the fire that we go through, we won't be burned. And the floodwaters that we tread through, Father, they won't overtake us, but your hand will always be there to keep us. Father, I speak blessings on your people. God, this week, wreck them. Would you?
We don't deserve it, but do it anyway. Wreck them. Just turn them upside down. Wreck them. God, keep us safe. Show yourself to us in all that we do. God, we're grateful for you. We're thankful. Father, I just... (laughs) You're awesome. And Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.